Well, hello everyone. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, located in Bremen, Georgia. Remember, Sunday school starts at 9 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10. And on Wednesday night, we have the Hour of Power, starting promptly at 6.30 p.m. Come on out and be blessed. All are welcome. Well, on today's broadcast, I am so excited to start a whole new series with you. This series is entitled, The Power of the Name of Jesus. We're going to have a wonderful time. And today's message is subtitled, The Place Above Heaven. You know that there is a place above heaven? Well, the Bible talks about it. And today, we're going to find out about that and a whole lot more. I'm telling you already that there is power in the name of Jesus. And you, as a born-again believer, must know about this power and how to utilize it in your everyday life. So, you don't want to miss not one single session. And I pray you be with us. Don't forget, you can go to our website at kingdomrock.org. That's right kingdomrock.org and on the homepage you will see a link to this teaching series entitled the power of the name of Jesus click on it and be blessed and share it with a friend well without any further ado here comes the message entitled the place above heaven which is part number one of the series entitled the power of the name of Jesus right here on kingdom rock radio Y'all ready to get into the Word of God today? Praise the Lord. Well, you can go ahead and uh, turn your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Philippians, the second chapter, Philippians 2. And today we'll be speaking here and we're starting, some of you know that we're starting a uh, brand new series uh, today. And that is really the sub, the main title is uh, The Power. Somebody said all of your titles have power in it. I know it. I the power of, uh-oh, of, of the name of Jesus. We'll shorten that as we go. Praise the Lord. All right, the power of the name of Jesus. This is wonderful. I've been waiting to get into this for quite a while. So let's begin here in Philippians, the second chapter. Let's look at uh, verse number five. We're going to start there. Philippians 2, verse number five. Are you ready to read? Now, we're going to be reading out of the uh, King James Version as well today. Let me tell you the importance. Uh, there are a lot of versions of the Bible on the market. Uh, we know that there is, of course, King James, New King James. There is New Living Translation, NIV. There is Message Bible, Amplified Bible. Um, they're just... So many translations. Uh, but why do we choose to use the King James? Now, King James and King James is a what's called a word for word translation. There are basically two different kinds, a word for word and a thought for thought. OK, let me take this moment. Just this help you to understand this. I need a volunteer. Somebody come up and help me. I need actually two people. We're going to come up and help me. Two brave souls. Come on. All right. That's one brave soul. Another brave soul. Come on. Whoever. All right. Got any two brave souls. Come on. Two brave souls. 
two brave souls. All right, come on up here with me. Y'all be really brave. Now you're on national television. All right, somebody stand right next to me. Okay, now, King James Version, like we said, and there's also Young's Translation. Young's, Young's Translation and King James uh, is a word-for-word translation, translated from Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, right? Okay, word-for-word. Let me give you an example. Now, I'm about to say something to Minister Tanner here, and she will translate it over to Minister Stegall. All right? All right, let me see here. This would be uh, King James. Uh, Let me see here. You have to tell him word for word what I'm about to tell you, okay? The Lord saith... To write your name on the board. All right. If he heard that word, he will respond to it and do what? All right. King James, word for word, word for word. Now, because the Hebrew, the Greek language, Aramaic is so rich, one word could mean several things, okay? And the King James is tied into uh, the concordance, Strong's Concordance. And so you can look up different words in that, okay? Now, a thought-for-thought translation may read like this. Thought-for-thought will give you the, just the thought of what's being said, okay? So I will say, tell him to write his name on the board. That is the word for word. She may take that and say, okay, you mean this. Write your name on the board. You see, she tells him the fault. The fault. You understand? All right. So original was tell him, uh, what's say? The Lord said, write your name on the board. Word for word. The uh, thought for thought translation is what? Write your name on the board. Some things are left out, but the thought is there, right? But when you look into the King James translation, I can look and see every word. It's not just telling write his name on the board. It's the Lord said, write your name on the board. You understand? So. If these other translations are they can be very good, but do your homework first. Amen. Give them a hand. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you, King James. Thank you, other person, believer, you. Thank you. Translator. Praise the Lord. Did you get that? So this is why I may say from time to time, let's go into this translation because I, I like the way it reads. But I say that because I have done my homework first looking at the word for word you understand what I'm saying to you you can't go into the New Living Translation or the NIV or some of the other translations and open up a Strong's Concordance that will reveal the Hebrew or Greek word or Aramaic word you can't do that it's not there because someone else has already got it and giving you their thought this is what we think this means you understand do your homework hallelujah All right, so Philippians 2, verse number 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, 
who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being formed rather than being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now that's powerful. I really want to get into that with you. Really want to get into that with you. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to bring forth your rich word. Lord, we do pray that you would lead us and guide us into all understanding into the truth of the scripture. Help us to bring out what you want to bring out. Help us to say the things today that you want to say today. I yield my vessel into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Now, that's powerful. He humbled himself to death, even unto the death of the cross. Now, I got to stop here just for a moment because that is so powerful. The Bible says that, and we'll get to it, the Bible says that God raised Jesus from the dead. Okay, he raised him from the dead. Uh, Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians. Keep your finger there in Philippians. We're going to go right back to it. We're going to go right back to it. Uh, Ephesians, the first chapter. Put your Bible marker there. Ephesians 1. Now, let's look at, let's read just a little, little reading here. Uh, verse number 18 says, rather verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he, help me read this one, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now, stop for a second. Think about this. Jesus our Lord and Savior was obedient all the way from birth, all the way to his death on the cross. Obedient. He said on the cross, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He did not go into hell, or rather he did not come out of hell. Remember, he said that uh, there'll be no sign given to this generation except the sign of Jonah, which is Jonah was three days, three nights in the belly. Jesus, three days, three nights in the belly of the earth in hell, Right. But listen, he did not come out of hell under his own power. Now grab a hold of that. He went in releasing his life. He released his life. He gave of his life. Uh, they didn't take it from him. He laid it down. It's several times they wanted to kill him before, but he just simply walked right through the midst of them. He knows. He's God. He, he knows. Okay? But... He releases it, being our sin offering, goes into hell and has no power to get himself out of hell. He has to believe that the father will bring him out, that the father will not leave his soul. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, he will not leave his soul in corruption. He won't leave him down there. 
Now that's obedience. Let's say if someone asks you to go into a very bad part of town. It'd be one thing if they asked you to go in a bad part of town, you had your car, your car was full of gas, praise the Lord. Maybe you had a, some form of weapon or something <laughs> under or something, but you had your car, cars running, tires are good and all that stuff. You can leave at any moment. That's one thing. It's another thing that somebody drop you off in a bad part of town and tell you, I'll pick you up. Then you are depending on their power to get you out of that bad situation. Now, that's a bad part of town. How about hell? I'm de- you're talking about faith? I'm depending on you. I'm going to go down here, Father, because you've made me a body. The Bible says a body you have made me. So that he could come and do the things that we could not do. He came to fulfill the law. And in doing that, he took all of the shame, all of the guilt, all the condemnation upon himself. He became our perfect sin offering, our propitiation, the Bible declares. And he took all that upon himself and he released it. Now, while he was in the flesh, he had power over the devils and demons. But he laid it down so that he could die. How can God die? Except he lay it down. And he had to depend on relationship that you won't leave me down here. Think about that. Are you understanding that? I believe God. I believe God. Okay, God tells you, all right, I'm going to send you down to hell. You won't get me out, Lord. Do you understand the price that he paid for us? Now, let me go over this one more time. Why did Jesus have to go into hell? Because he had to pay the price for our sins. In order to pay the full price, he had to go where we would have gone if we had not received forgiveness. Right? So he had to go to the most vile places in hell. The most tormenting places in hell. Why? Because there will be some people on the earth that will be just so vile, so wicked, so horrible. And you know, hell has different layers. I don't really want to get into all that today. But it has different layers. Different layers in hell. Different compartments in hell. Okay? So we had to go down to the deepest, darkest point so that even the most vilest of sinners could be saved. You understand that he had to pay the full price. He had to pay the full price for the man that's, that's morally good but rejects him. But he was morally good. He doesn't go down to the, you know, you wouldn't be a just judge. God would not be a just judge for sending you, that person, down all the way down to the pit. You understand? Yeah, still hell. But there are different degrees of that. You understand? So the Lord Jesus had to go down to the very bottom, even into the lake of fire to burn up all of those sins, to obtain the price, to pay the price in full, in full, so that we could have a right. So you and I could have a right to get into heaven. So even a serial killer or the Hitler could have had a right, uh, had a right, but didn't take it, had a right to get into heaven because of what Jesus has done and not by our own righteousness. Do you understand that now? Do you understand the flow of that thinking? 
And so we see here, let's go back now to Philippians. Let's go to Philippians. Now, there are other scriptures that back up everything I'm talking about. We have just went through the Power of the Blood series. We'll be going back into that series sooner or later. But here again, I want you to see this. It says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and gave him... No, no, no. We were up at um, verse 7. It says, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. I mean, from Godhood, completely God, putting on flesh, becoming man, son of man, son of God, to laying it down, even to to being obedient, even unto the death of the cross, to go down. Isn't that something? Verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Humbled himself. See, let it fall. Humble yourself. You got, you know, you, you let all those other things go and you just, you humble down. You allow yourself to be debased or lowered. He humbled himself. Allowed, allowed himself to be debased or lowered. Um, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Not just hanging on the cross, but also what took place after the cross. Okay? Now listen to verse number 9. You have more appreciation of verse number 9. Wherefore, rather, uh, yeah, wherefore, or because of this, God also hath highly exalted him. Because of this, God has highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now this is a powerful, powerful name. Now let me digress just for a moment. You find that you find that because this name is so powerful, it will be degraded and demoralized by men, by the enemy in the earth today, because the enemy does not want you to know the power that's in the name of Jesus. They use his name in curse words, trying to um, dole down his name. They will even you'll even go to some places where they pray. And they'll tell them, don't pray in the name of Jesus. You can say whatever, but don't say his name. Why? Because his name is pure, ultimate, unadulterated power. And it calls ripples and effects. You don't believe me? Just say Jesus in some circles. Hey, look at you. What? Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Amen. You'll find in some places they will say a, a nice prayer, sounds really good to the ears, and they'll end it, amen. Or they may say, in your name, amen. Or they may say, in Christ's name, amen. But I don't hear, in Jesus' name, amen. Say, what's the difference? Because the name of Jesus is pure, unadulterated power to effect a change. Yes, Lord. Yes, 
don't be ashamed to use the name of Jesus. Are you hearing? Now notice something very peculiar here. Something very peculiar here. Look at verse number 9 again. It says, wherefore, or because of this, God has highly exalted him. Highly exalted him. Highly exalted. And if you look in your concordance, you'll find that word uh, highly exalted. The term highly exalted means to be given a place or position of supreme authority. Supreme authority, meaning that there is none other above it. He has given him a position of, of supreme authority. Now listen to this next phrase. And given him a name. Well, I thought that he already had a name. And has given him a name. Wasn't his name Jesus? And has given him or has bestowed upon him. Or we could even say has rewarded him with a name. Now name always implies authority. Given him a name or a new name. And what's up with this new name? It says a name which is above every name. Now I want to show you this. Let's look at, um, this is so wonderful. Let's go back to Ephesians, Ephesians 4. Let's go to Ephesians 4. His name is above every name. He's given him a name. He's bestowed upon him a name or a title, a position, which is above everything. And when you call the name of Jesus, you pull upon his title, you pull upon his position, you pull upon all that he is. You bring him in the room. When you call upon his name by faith, he comes to the room. A name is a summoning device. You hear me? A name is a summoning device. In the occultic world and all that stuff, they'll speak the name of that uh, demon and all that stuff. They'll chant that name and all that stuff. Why? To bring that power, to bring that entity there on the scene to do their bidding. But they don't know that it's not their bidding he's going to do. He's going to do what he wants to do and, and, and turn all that stuff around and all that stuff. But they use the name to summon the individual. I'll use your name. I'll say, uh, uh-huh. I'll say, uh, Norma. Come here, Norma. Come to my hand, 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 hand. Norma, 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 Norma. Look what happened there. Look what happened. I didn't have a stick. I didn't have a rope. What I said to her was invisible. I used something invisible, and it brought her into my presence. Isn't that right? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The name brings the individual on the scene. The name also differentiates that person from another. I just said Norma. Nobody else got up. Right? You would only be confused if your name was also Norma. Right? Now... If let's say there are a crowd, there's a crowd of people in the room and I've gone into a lot of meetings with other pastors and somebody calls, somebody says, stand at the door and says, pastor, we all, what? Okay. No. But I know 
if one of you were to call and say my name, that because your voice, your voice when you use my name is different from all others. Huh? Oh, it's, it's all right, fellas. She's coming for me. What? Okay, tell me I'll be out there and say it. You understand? So it's just not the five letters, J-E-S-U-S. But it is when the born-again believer speaks the name. When you have faith in the name. Are you hearing? That produces results. And even there are cases in scripture, and I'm going to show you this once we get, as we get further into the series, where people have used the name of Jesus, were not in relationship with him, but had faith in that name, and it still calls results. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All right, let's go to Ephesians 4. Once you see this. Ephesians 4, let's look at verse number 8. Are you still with me today? Let's look at verse 7. And it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high. That's talking about Jesus. When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. What was Jesus doing in hell? Not just uh, he was burning up our sins, but those that were kept in a secret or I don't want to say secret, but in a certain compartment of hell called paradise. That was where the righteous dead went. Abraham didn't go straight to heaven. Why? Because even though he was um, God reckoned him righteous because of his faith, there was still sin upon his life. And the blood of all those animals could only cover sin. He didn't have did not have access to go to heaven until Jesus came, went down into hell, stepped into paradise where Abraham was, where Isaac was, where Jacob was, where David was, Solomon was. He saw them there and he began, the Bible says, preach to the captives that were held captive in that small compartment of hell called paradise. And he led them captive right out of it. Hallelujah. So when he came out, he grabbed them and said, let's go out, boys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He brought them out of hell. So when he ascended up on high, he led captivity. Those that were captive, he led them up out because now they could get in. Now Sarah could get in and Rahab could get in. Noah could get in. All those could get into heaven now because now the lamb's blood had been shed on their behalf and now they could come on up. You understand? You're not getting into heaven. I don't care how good you are without the lamb's blood on your life. All right. So he led captivity captive. He led captivity captive. And anyone that would believe, I can kind of, I can kind of picture that scene. Here comes Jesus in hell and, and the other people that are there. Some, maybe those that were in Noah's day, you know, that were destroyed by the flood, all the, the planet wide, all those that, you know, the flood was planet wide. A lot of people died. Maybe Jesus got up and said, hey, I am God. And I'm here to break y'all out of here. Maybe some people said, well, what are you talking about? It's just, it's just the heat getting to him. It's just the heat. It's just the heat. But maybe some others saw hope. And said, I'm taking this train out of here. 
I'm taking this train. I'm getting on this train. Let's ride on up out of here. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? All right. But let's look at it. He says, wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And when he was coming up, he gave gifts unto men. Verse 9. This is powerful. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended, what? First into the lower parts of the earth. I told you. Left the cross, went first into the lower parts of the earth. That's hell. Are you hearing? Lower parts of the earth, verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up where far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Now that's wonderful. Tell me. If you would ask someone on the street or just really ask the, a Christian, what is the highest place in existence? Most would say heaven. But don't you know that there is a place that is above heaven? Look at your Bible. The Bible says again, verse number 10, also that uh, descend, ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things now all heavens one what, what heavens the first one is the sky the first heaven is the sky we see that when we look it up there look me look up there the blue that's the place where lightnings and thunders the clouds and all that right second heaven is called outer not limits but outer space That's the stars. Okay. The third heaven is called, of course, this is the actual heaven. This is actual heaven, the place uh, where God's throne is. Okay. There are three heavens. One, two, three. Well, the devil wanted to talk to, um, to God about Job. He didn't go, he could go from the first heaven to the second, but he cannot go into the third heaven because his place is places stripped from the third heaven where God is. He can't come back. Remember, he was kicked out. But he could come to the outskirts of the second heaven and talk to God from there. You understand? There's so much more we could get into about that. But when Jesus rose from the dead in the belly of the earth... Pass through first heaven. Pass through outer space. Pass through heaven. The throne of God. To a place that is above heaven. Good God Almighty. That he might feel all things. Now that's powerful. So when you say the name of Jesus... Say it with faith and conviction. When you say the name of Jesus, you're speaking of a name of a person that has gone through all dimensions of, of gone through all realities. And his name has supremacy over the entire universe and beyond. Let me let me show you this. Now, here's one of those things I was telling you about, about the uh, different translations. I want you to to also understand even that the New Living Translation uh, says that. When it says here in verse number 11, 
No, no, no. Yes. When he says in verse 10 again, uh, the King James, it says, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Listen to the New Living Translation. It says this, And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. I love that, man. I love that. I love that. So that he may fill the entire universe with himself. That means no matter where you go, Mars, Pluto, Venus, uh, all those others. When you say the name of Jesus, when I step on the soil of Mars one day, praise the Lord in my new glorified body. Hallelujah. When I step on and I say the name Jesus, it'll have just as much power on, on Mars as it does here on earth. Praise the Lord. And if anything needs to be moved, I can command the mountain to be removed in the name of Jesus. He fills all things all realities, all dimensions, supreme, unadulterated power. What does that place look like above heaven? I don't know, but we'll get to ask Jesus about it. Power. And the higher you are, this tells you the amount of authority that you have because everything that you have authority over is under you. That's why in a courtroom, the judge has the highest chair. Right? Has the highest place. That's why you look in castles with kings and queens. The king's chair is the highest seat in the room. Always the highest seat in the room. Authority. Authority. So this must mean that everything in the earth, Jesus has authority over it. Everything above the earth, Jesus has authority over it. Everything in outer space, Jesus has authority over it. Everything in heaven, Jesus has authority over it. Hallelujah. God exalted him, raised him up. Shoo, kind of like you cup your hands together and say, let me, let me help you up. Way up. Are you hearing? Now that's just powerful in any day of the week. Now, so let's go back now to Philippians, the second chapter again. We've gotten that understanding and we're beginning to close in the next few moments or so. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Are you getting something? I'm, I'm enjoying it myself. I'm enjoying it. So look, at, look again, Ephesians 6, chapter, verse number 9. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. So we understand about the highly exalting thing, right? Raised him up. Highly exalted him and gave him a name, a name, title, position that is above every name. Now, why is that important? Because here again, name speaks about power, speaks about authority. In many cases, the ability to do. The name of Jesus is above every name. Hmm, that's great, Pastor, but what does that mean? Cancer has a name. Diabetes is a name. Are you hearing? Through the name of Jesus, I have authority over those. The benefit of going to the doctor is this. Doctor, give me a name for what I'm going through. Give me a name. I want a name. Who's responsible for this? What is responsible for hurting my body? Give me a name. What? It's what blood pressure high blood pressure that's the name of that's the official name okay thank you doctor i'll go back in my prayer, my prayer closet and i began to cast down that name in the name of jesus i began to speak to that thing in the name of jesus and command it to leave my body 
Are you hearing what's being said? See, you have authority over your own body. You can't present something that is not yours. Remember the father said, or rather in um, Romans, that you present your, Romans 12 chapter, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You can't present something that is not yours. Don't go outside and try to present my car to somebody. I'm going to call the sheriff. Visit you behind bars. And pray for you when I get there. You can't present someone else's property that is not yours. You can present your body because your body belongs to you. You can give your body to the Lord. So you have authority in your body. So if anything is illegal in you, you use the name of Jesus to get that thing out of it because Jesus' name has power, is power, and is authority. So you cast it out of you in the name of Jesus. How dare it remain when you speak the name? All you got to do is speak the name. Speak the name. A place above heaven. I have much more to give you, but I feel like we're going to stop it right there today. Give God a hand of praise. We are done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your name. We give you praise for your name. We glorify you. We glorify you. Thank you for giving us your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can use your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for giving us this great power, this great authority to use on your behalf, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Now let's exercise this name. Say with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take the name of Jesus. And I break the power of darkness over my life, over my family, over the things that belong to me. In the name of Jesus, I break its power. I break the power of the devil. And I declare right now that I receive healing, deliverance, salvation, and that the will of God is done now. In Jesus' name. Now give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 I tell you, a police officer, if he comes, he can only say in the, in the name of the city of Bremen, I arrest you. But I'll say in the name of Jesus Christ, his name which is far above even heaven. I say to you, devil, get out of here. Shoo. When you call on the name, you call on pure power. We're going to talk next time about the path of the name. So I pray that you're ready, that your heart is tuned and ready to receive. That you're praying with me as we get into the wonderful name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the, the sowing of your word today. Lord, I pray that every heart was open and receptive and have heard your word. We release it now by faith in Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. Give three people a high five and tell them, I got that. I got that. I got it. I got that. I got that. I got that. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter 
and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at KingdomRock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.